everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele. Raw is brought to you today by Iron Company, home of the Kowalski-approved Power Bar and thousands of other gym equipment items and flooring items. Um, today we're discussing training motivation, more specifically uh, staying motivated. So any of us that have been training for a number of years can relate to this. Um, so how do we keep things fresh? How do we stay motivated to continue to hit our 102% effort? Uh, let's ask our coaches, Marty and Jim, to give us their thoughts on staying motivated and how they bust through stagnation. So yeah. now we're we're in September right now. Right. So we just got into September. So believe it or not, the holidays are right around the corner. So that means the first of the year is coming up um, pretty quickly here. So we all know what that means. Here comes all the New Year's resolution people uh, yeah. that vow to start eating better and, and exercising beginning in January. Um, they go like bank, gangbusters until the initial uh, motivation wanes. So, Jim, what can they do to stay motivated and consistent with their training so they don't quit? Because because we all see it. Anybody yeah. that goes to a public gym, the, the gyms are flooded in January and then usually by somewhere around February, mid-February or whatever, everybody just kind of disappears and the the regulars are back. Yeah, and that was sort of the initial idea I had about this. Like, you know, people get so fired up and they're like, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this. And they get in there in a the gym, they get the gym membership, man, and or they buy a, some equipment and they put it in their house and then after three or four weeks, they're hanging their clothes on the equipment and they're not going to the to the gym. The Bowflex. Uh, the Bowflex, that's right. Or the, is it, what was the, the Chuck Con- Connors one? No, not Chuck Connors. Oh, Norris. Oh. Norris. Yeah. Wow, I'm old. Um, the the Abyssize or whatever it was. The Absizzler yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Him and Christy Brinkley. There you go. Um, How you know, and I train a lot of people online. And so what, you know, my whole thing is, with these, with people who are getting back into it, is just make little changes at a time. Because what happens is, in my experience, it, and when they do this with diet too, is I'm not eating any carbs. I'm going all meat and water. Yeah, it's great for the first week, and then <laughs> life starts to you know play. And it's not like you know they're not training for you know the, the powerlifting championships or something like that. They just want to get back in shape, so they have a tendency to sort of say, ah, I'm going to have this or I'm going to have that, or maybe I don't have to go today and I can double up tomorrow on my workout and stuff. Um, so, you, you know, just like you said, they jump into it and they're working out every day. They're, they're sore as hell. They can't walk. They can't lift their arms up. Their dieting has gone just extreme like that. And you're right. They jump into it too fast. And after a few weeks, they go, whoa, I can't take this. This sucks. I think they, you have to they gotta what, ease into what, it. And when you have the responsibility of drawing up their program, you know, I, I think you have to say, you know, this workout's going to take you 20 minutes and I want you to leave. I mean, I literally go that far where three exercises, 20 minutes, leave. I want them to leave wanting wanting a little more and wanting a little more. And then when it becomes not a want and becomes a need or a habit, you know, that they have to be in the gym, that's when you can start making it a little longer. That's when you can add a day or two. But real firm believer in taking things, you know, little steps at a time. Yeah, Marty? I think, I think you're exactly right. And, uh, yeah. you know, once and once they start doing that and they start to see 
results because they're doing it the right way. Results yeah. are very motivational. So, you know, they're more than more likely to go ahead and continue with that. How about Marty? Oh, indeed. Are you it's motivated? About, uh, <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Uh, it's all about results. Yeah. Uh, from the time a, a person starts any kind of a serious transformational fitness program or diet, whatever it is, is a, a clock starts. <clears throat> and there has to be some sort of tangible results appear. And on the cost balance ratio, it has to, the, the effort, the, the results have to exceed Justified. the effort, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, otherwise, effort. otherwise yeah. you quit. Yeah. And that's what happens. So many of these people, they, they become uh, enamored with half-ass illogical programs and yeah. crazy diets that have no chance of success. And even if they adhere to them perfectly, because they're flawed, they get no results. And then because you get no results, you quit. And if you have really good, if you have really good willpower, you last longer. Yeah. I mean, Gordon Liddy could hold his hand over the cigarette lighter for a long time. The man. Right. Hey, Marty, don't you think a good idea when you talked about this last week yep. would be to do some initial testing, whether it's body fat, whether it's I, I, yes. step on the damn scale. Uh, Cassidy would have you break out the tape measure, measure all your party part, body parts. And that's, you know, that's. Before. And that's your baseline. That's your baseline. Yeah. Now we move ahead from here. What's the goal? OK, first off, you got to establish a goal. Are we moving generally speaking, as an athlete, you're either looking to increase your lean muscle mass or get ripped. Right, JP? I mean, those are the two generalized directions, right? That's that's fundamental. So if you decide that I'm going to get into a lean mass building program, well, you have to sync up the training with the nutrition, with the, your situation, Right. Uh, and uh, I mean, if I'm going for strength and I'd probably be de-emphasize the cardio a little bit, crank up the, the lifting with, uh, you know, high intensity, low volume kind of approach and, you know, hit it two, maybe three times a week. Right. And just, and, but you sync that up with wintertime eating. Right. <clears throat> you know, sitting next to the fireplace drinking wine right <laughs> but you know, I like with, snow, with snow outside right that's the but that that approach and then in the summertime in august when it's just the hottest well that's when we eat the lightest that's when we eat the you know the fish and the vegetables and you know the summertime stuff and you're training more volume lesser poundage you're also doing tons of cardio because you're active right and that's when you're at your leanest I mean, that's all seasonally appropriate kind of, of a vibe, which I think that humans are genetically encoded with. Now, I don't mean to get too far away from this whole idea about motivation, but to be motivated, what replenishes motivation is tangible results. Right. And, and they, have, they have to appear. They have to appear. Yeah. No, I like you, what you said though about the uh, the beginner. If you um, you know, if like you were saying uh, that um, uh, Cassidy, what would what were you saying about Cassidy? He you he would uh, have you guys measure what? Oh, we do a body part measurement. You measure your okay, calf, so you measure, you measure your knee, 
you measure your thigh, you okay. measure your waist, and you got to measure waist at the right point. Measure your chest, right. both relaxed and inhaled. Measure your arm. Uh, measure your shoulder around, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and measure your neck. And then he'd write, you'd come down to Hughes' basement and he'd have that stuff written up and put on a chart on the wall. Mm. And every week he'd fill in, oh, my arms last week were 17 and a quarter. This week they're uh, 16 and seven eighths. Mm. <clears throat> right. And he's just writing it down matter of factly. That's yeah. how his body weight. You know, so, I like that you're establishing a baseline. You're, yes, you're, all his lifts he had. Oh, what did I last week? You know, and and but it's you gotta. I was writing about this today. We remember we all used to carry around spiral notebooks in our gym yeah, bag. I still you, every, do. After, after every set, yeah. you'd write down what you did. I right, still do. Yeah, and that's motivational I, when your numbers are going up. So. And just like uh, you're talking about measuring your body parts, I mean, you know how motivational that is to, to come back and get the tape out and your arms, you know, in a few weeks or a month or so or whatever, are half inch bigger. You yeah, know, but you that's cheat and get them all. You cheat and get them all pumped up. I know what you would do. Well, don't. <laughs> I got to get that half inch in there after, somewhere after Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> um. <laughs> And if you go in the other way, you want to see losses in on the scale. Yeah, I mean, your waist size and all please that. don't tell me I'm exchanging muscle for fat. I'm not stupid, right? right. I, I want to see the scale come down, man. I want to come down from what, Jim, two forty to two oh five. There you go. In, what six weeks? Yeah, not for the not for when they're just starting off. <laughs> no, not starting off. Are you saying what you're doing? Yeah, no. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. this is for yeah. a for a beginner, you know. Talking yeah. About well, you know the best things. thing about a beginner is that they make crazy gains in strength right away. If they yeah, get no the right, what, usually if they get right. You know, they got to get the right program, right? And they, well, for instance, all the right balance, right? Two two examples, Marty. You and Kirk had that group years ago. You wrote about it was some older ladies and gentlemen, I think. And or total beginners, and you had them doing what once once a week? Oh swap, yeah, deadlift. You even oh, had yeah. some compete in a meet, you know. Oh yeah. Um, we had the the woman who was in the worst shape. She couldn't walk twenty steps without being completely out of breath on the verge of a heart attack. I don't know. I'm going to say she was five four and two eighty. Nice. Uh, when we got her to compete, she competed in the two hundred and twenty pound class. Yeah. And she she squatted at an AAU championship two hundred. Wow! And coming from nothing. Oh, she couldn't she couldn't do a single squat. Yeah. When we wow. started, this was in, in that in that type in that instance. This was in this was in fourteen weeks. Yeah, and each week she she saw gains, whether yeah. it was decrease in body weight or increase in strength, and that kept her coming back. And that's mm -hmm. what you're talking. Oh. Well, also because we trained as a group twice. I trained them twice a week. We did squat, bench, deadlift. Yeah. That was it. Go home. Yeah. Initially, she could not do a single unassisted squat. Well, we had to, she could only go down about six inches and come up, and she had to, we had the straps hanging down 
from a chin-up bar, she'd pull herself up <clears throat> to give herself enough upward momentum to help her. Over time, we lowered the bench to the point she was just using the straps but attaining full range of motion. Then we had her go back to no straps but partial range of motion and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Over right. time, 14 weeks later, she squatted 200 at an AAU competition for a – it was a, actually an age group record. She was a 64-year-old woman. Yeah. She deadlifted, she deadlifted can, 250 and benched 130. Uh, can you imagine how much her, her just personal life improved, like around the house, just moving stuff around, she, bringing the groceries she, in? Yeah, she, was, she got strong. She was able to maneuver her bulk around. But also, we had that group dynamic going. We had a high, I, I had them all training together like I've trained guys at Chalet's. It just it was just these old out of shape people instead of champion lifters, but it's the same strategy. Everybody, one at a time, they step up and they squat, they bench, they deadlift, whatever they can do. Well, everyone else watches, and everyone watches and pays attention and spots, mm. and so everyone's involved, and you get that group dynamic going. And uh, you know, we'd strength train them twice a week and send them on their way. Yeah. Tell them they needed to adhere to their diet. Did they? I don't know. To varying degrees. I don't think so much. Well, she did if she lost all that weight. Uh, uh, we also uh, we got them in love with uh, walking. We Great. showed them that just walking, particularly in our neighborhood, because I said, good God, don't sit on the damn exercise bike. A half a mile from where you live is this beautiful yeah outdoors nature park come with me let's go and we just and they were like oh my god this is like being at disney world like paying to ride around in the in the park and i said yep this is your neighborhood dummy <laughs> right and and we get them walking and they go i i didn't realize we just did 45 minutes and, and, said, yeah, didn't right. it. Yeah. and they because they looked forward to it they did it and we had them walking every day and each day they get you know a little faster, right? A little more fit, right? Because they're into it. They enjoyed it. It's beautiful. So you got them in love with the with the cardio. We got them in love with the weight training with the group dynamic thing. And of course, in the weight training each week, how easy is it to get a beginner stronger? Well, that's what I was. You know, the second example I was going to use was yeah. I'm training my my son. He's 13. He was deadlifting 155 like four weeks ago for a double. He did 190 for a double. Today. Yeah, that's right. You know, the, the you know the caveat would be you got to have somebody you know teaching them the perfect form. You know, that's that's exactly right because I think the biggest mistake the beginners make is they go in the gym, they do whatever, whatever they feel, and they've got no training experience or or education on training or or fitness or anything. They go in and start kicking ass, and like we said, um, they'll get results. Anybody will get results, really, for the first few weeks or first month or two, and then they go, "Wow, I know what I'm doing. This is great. I'm, I, you know, I tapped into something really good here that's working for me." And then everything just starts sliding off. The results stop, and then you know, after a few weeks, they go, "Well, this sucks," and so they lose their motivation. They quit. Like Jim's talking about, if you hook up with somebody, a trainer or, or coach or whatever, early on, right in the beginning, you'll experience those phenomenal results in the beginning, but you'll keep going. Now, 
you're not always going to keep those, keep getting those incredible gains, right. but you'll keep making smaller gains consistently and that will keep you motivated. Right. And by that time you understand that that's the way it works, you know, yeah. um, good, good trainers or good trainer knows what to do when stagnation sets in. Right. Right. You have like 50, 50 arrows in your quiver and you can pull them out. Ah, try this. I've, I've used this in the past. This worked, which mm. just because of your experience, you have all these different workouts. You got all these different diet strategies. You've got all these different cardio strategies. You've got all these different things that you can pick and choose amongst. What can we do to unblock the progress, progress stagnation, right. a, a log jam? What are we going to do? How are we going to open up the log jam? What would and, you guys, what would you guys use with uh, higher level athletes? Um, what do they want? Motivational wise? Motivational wise. Yeah. Power lifter yeah. or whatever. Well, I mean, you have, it has to be more specific than that. You have to have like a, a certain personality type. Who are they? Who, if you're dealing with high level dudes, everybody is someone who's going somewhere and it's specific. And your job is to help them get there. My particular, particular job is to help them get stronger in whatever they do, because if you're stronger at whatever you do, theoretically, you should be better at it. So that's what I bring to the party. Well, let me the high-level guys I work with. Let me ask mm-hmm. you this. The high-level guys like a Chalet or a Karwaski or, you know, the guys that you've... Are the guys at Damn Next? You, Yeah. I mean, have you ever dealt with one of those guys coming to you and going, look, man, I'm just not motivated. I got stuff going on at home yeah. and... No, the guys, the elite, elite are, the elite are always motivated. That's why yeah. they're the elite. They, they're more like, you have to be like, take it easy, take it easy. Yeah, We're yeah gonna take have them down a notch. Thank you, Jimmy. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and I don't have a lot of patience for beginners that aren't highly motivated. I'm not, I'm, I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not a life coach. You, you know what I mean? I, if if they're motivated, I don't care what level they're at. They can be uh, less than beginners, and I can work with them if they're motivated. Yeah. But I am not a motivational coach. Uh, now, once we get started, my job as a coach is I need to produce tangible results for that person within mm, – uh, I want something within 7 to 10 days – I want something measurable within 14 days. I want something substantial within three to three weeks. And I want them to go, man, this is great within four weeks. Yeah. Now, okay. Jim, you were head uh, strength coach over there at university of Pennsylvania for many years. So you were, yeah. you were teaching and coaching a lot of uh, college kids, college athletes. Yeah. Was there any difference there? I mean, compared to, I, I well, you have there is. a lot of, it depends on the sport as far as their yeah. motivation to actually weight train. Um, so where football, football will be highly motivated, wrestling highly motivated. But teams that have a culture, you know, of lifting or didn't have it in high school or middle school, whatever, um, those are the you had to motivate. What what the hardest thing for an athlete to realize is to see in the future and to say what I'm doing now is going to help me against Yale. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's months from now so what i used to do against is, what against yale, yale and yale yeah y-a-l-e 
A A L E. Yeah. Yale College. Yeah, yeah University. Um, uh, it's not like two things. They would have two like, goals. They would be peaking for powerlifting meet, or they'd yeah. be peaking for goals that we sat down and set, you know. And they would be every eight eight weeks, something like that, six to eight weeks. And then those long term, I would always talk to them. It's not much of a goal. It's not so much of a goal as a thought process. Is what the reason why I'm doing this is because in the fourth quarter, that's going to make me go harder longer i'm going to be able to you know be stronger in the fourth quarter than the guy who's not doing this right now so i was always saying who else is doing it we'd be you know in the weight room at six in the morning or we'd be running stadiums at six in the morning nobody else is doing this this is what's going to make you yeah beat that guy but that also these guys by doing what it is that you're asking them they're getting larger and more muscular and at the same time leaner and fitter yeah uh, it, and it's not magic. It's cause and effect. Do this, that will happen. And it's the combination of the training, the cardio, the nutrition, the rest. Yeah. Right. All of it together. And again, if you can, the only way you get repeat business at the highest level is you figure out ways to make the elite better. And that is the highest form of the art. You got somebody already at 102% of their genetic potential. <clears throat> what are you going to do to help them? Mm. Right. And you either can or you can't. And if you can, you get asked back, you know, and if you can't, you don't. And it's just, it's, it's very simple and it's very cut and dry and it's all related to results. Yeah. Well, if you're talking about, you know, JP, sort of like the difference between a, a highly motivated athlete and then someone who is doing it for the sport, but it's not, you know, the end all be all for them. You know, Justin Watson, who plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I never said a word to him when he was training, except uh, make, maybe move your right foot out or, you know, uh, oh, wide your hands out just a little bit on that. And then I'd walk right away from him because he was so motivated. I didn't have to do shit except make little, you know, intricate points where somebody else I'd be like, man, you can't do five with that. You know, what's that going to break? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, I know you can do five with that. In fact, I know you can do eight with that. So let's go. This is, you know. Now, what sports cultures were you dealing with that wasn't that you really had to grab a hold of and teach technique well, to for, and they were just totally new to it? Yeah, when fencing and squash first started, yeah, there you go. We would do stuff like kickbox first, and and then at the end, I'd be like, "Oh, I just want to show you this exercise. It's <laughs> called squats." And <laughs> then I'd add a couple of exercises, and the kickboxing would get a little shorter and shorter until finally they get hooked, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, coach, man, I I could really feel that I got stronger in this." So then you got them. Then yeah. you can say, "Okay, we'll we'll kickbox at the end today. Let's get our squats, deadlifts, and presses." Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. You sort of got to trick them into wanting to do it, you know. So let's talk about goal setting, um, realistic short-term goals as opposed to, like, long-term goals. So, you know, going back to the, the kids that used to coach, I mean, what kind of um, what kind of realistic – I guess you would assess each one and, and just come up with a, a short-term goal on the squat, short-term goal – you know, and on, on all the three lifts and then a long-term goal or how would you do it? These athletes. Yeah. I wouldn't go past 
I think it was about six months would be a long-term goal as far as the weight room goes, something like that. And so then they know they're on the the right track. Um, Usually a a pre and a post test also, depending if it's a true freshman, we're not going to test them in anything. Maybe, maybe the bench, but I'm not going to have them squat and deadlift. But anyway, um, so that would be their long-term. So, Hey, we're going to have this lifting competition in February. Um, You know, right now it's, it's December or it's, uh, you know, October. Let's set, a six-week goal, then another six-week goal, or an eight-week goal, something like that, and that's going to take you where you need to be for the uh, for the max night. You know? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, with the running stuff, that's so quantitative. Did you get faster or not? <laughs> you know. So we pre-test the forty, and then post-test, and you know, you, you can see your results right there. Yeah. We would test in the middle of that too. What um, got them, What got them faster? Getting stronger. And also losing the damn body fat. Yeah, and, so, and then you're working on it every week, so you're working on their on their yeah, techniques. Yeah, and their running technique and stuff like that. So you improve your running technique, you become s- s- stronger, and you lose that 20-pound backpack of fat you've been carrying around. Yeah. And you know what? You're a hell of a lot faster. Yeah, measurable too. Yeah. And and as they're hitting these these realistic short term goals, I mean that that helps propel them forward again to the next one and keeps them motivated. Yeah. Well, yeah. In fact, I I was coaching a team one time at in South Carolina, a college team, and we were like one and ten or something like that. We were so bad that and I was a defensive line coach that the I would set goals in the weight room during the season. If the season sucks so bad. Be like, Chuck, what are you going to squat this week? This week on Sunday after the game, oh, coach, I want to do five hundred for a double because to keep these guys going, they were getting crushed. You know, we have like twenty five scholarships. We we're playing teams with like sixty scholarships. <laughs> yeah. And so this I is, had to give them yeah. ways to keep them going, man. And I would use the weight room. You know, I'd use for a defensive lineman. We use the weight Jimmy, room. Jimmy, Jimmy, this is the book. This is the book. Just give me this season from the beginning to the end. Of the, oh my god! The one in ten seasons. Oh my god! I know. Oh with, the, god. with the oh uh, that oh uh, that yeah, uh, and I imagine there were some roadhouses involved. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know where where I was. Yeah, I did. If it was a, it was a, a Southern Baptist school. And if they saw you, if the administration or anybody at the university saw you at like an Applebee's having a beer, they Those, could fire you. As well, you should be. So I used to, I had to join private clubs. Seriously, this one club, it was just me and the Hells Angels. And some other guys, you know, and was, I'd be like, what's uh, up? And the other, and the other sinners. But nobody from the college was going to come in there. You know? <laughs> They had big great. fried turkeys at Thanksgiving. Go ahead. Oh my God! You had a you had a, a dual personality. <laughs> always, as always. You, you were in the closet. Yes, that was your right. safe zone, huh? Yeah. But, oh, he I got, got, but he got results. Yeah, he did. That's true. We were strong. We weren't very good in football, but damn, we were strong. <laughs> um, you touched great. briefly on this, but go into the uh, Kaizen principle. What? <laughs> that's just <laughs> that gets a Japanese principle right but what that means so let's say somebody's starting off now I'm talking about somebody who's saying they don't have a, a minute of the day in, or to exercise or the motivation is not there at all but their doctor said hey you gotta you gotta do this 
Well, they simply start doing something very sh- – so let's say, well, you want them to work out. You'll say, well, you know, I don't have time, da, da, da. I say, well, can you do one push-up? Yeah, I can do one push-up. Okay, that's the only expectation I have of you this week is to do one push-up a day every day. And if you just do it as soon as you get up. Now, nobody's going to stop at one push-up, right? They're going to be down there. Oh, I might as well do a couple or a couple more, a couple more, you know. Or if they do stop at one push-up, good. You set, you reached your goal because you know the next day they're going to do a couple more. So that's how you sort of get them started just a little bit. It's the same thing as, you know, writing. You write, you know, 100 words a day. That's, you know, that's not daunting for most people. You know, 100 words, okay. Well, at the end of the year, you got a lot of words, right? Um, you know, it's just a little bit at a time, and that's sort of what I was touching on at the start, too, about, you know, start off slowly, make little changes. Right. You know? Well, yeah. Because, yeah. because you know what? I think people with the access that people have to social media and YouTube and all that, and they see these people that are in shape and doing these crazy programs and, and all this volume and stuff, like you said, it's daunting to them. They go, yeah. whoa, I could never do that. I might as well not even start. So yeah. I like this Whereas principle. We, yeah. Yeah, you just get them started somewhere with what they're comfortable with and take out all the, the um, you know, um, um, uh, where they're not going to do it, they're... Uh, Oh, God. Look at Martin and I are helping Intimidation. You Sorry, I'm, I'm at a loss for words here. Intimidation. <laughs> you take that out, and they go, you know what? That's something that, that I could start with. And I'm, like I'm you said, they're not going to just do one thing. Big one, one intimidation. Hmm? You like intimidating people. Absolutely. I think yeah. that is a motivator. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, it can be, yeah. It, oh, it absolutely can be. Um, and that does... circles you hang out in. That works in your world, but not in everybody's world. Well, my world shifts. <laughs> Just like mine, right? Radically. Yeah. Well, so, I think uh, I think also that ultimately, um, you know, uh, motivation comes from within. If you don't burn for it, <clears throat> personally, I don't, there's nothing you and I really have to discuss Again, it's there. There's a certain type of individual that they are so dissatisfied with their current physical self mm-hmm. that they um, and uh, we have the solution, but it's hard and it's harsh and it's not what they're used to. The, well, and that's the thing, you know. You they, you, they, like expect, the, more they expect the easy sell. They yeah. want, you know, they want the uh, no no pain, no pain. all gain. All game, <clears throat> right? And again, that's a myth. They know that. And a lot of them train reasonably hard, but they don't understand that in order to elicit real gains and progressive resistance, uh, 70 to 80% effort ain't going to do it. I'm sorry. And you can do your five sets of five or your eight sets of three at 60%, whatever. That's not what it's about. It's about going past your current capacity and capacities and limits. If you don't do that, there's no hypertrophy. There's no reason for hypertrophy. Mm-hmm. So that's in the progressive resistance area. In the cardio area, you have to do it. <clears throat> you have to do it consistently. And it's through the consistency that you improve your internal organ strength, the cardiopulmonary system, everything functions better. You're forcing blood and oxygen through the 
through the body, the lungs, the heart, everything, the senders, the receivers, everything's improving. But cardio is consistency. Strength training, you can have big gaps between it. Uh, nutrition, you can't ignore it. You can ruin everything with bad eating or no eating. <clears throat> and rest the same way. If you're, if you're stressed out and you can't get any decent sleep, you're going to have a problem. You're not going to get optimal results. Optimally, you want to sleep like a hibernating bear and you want to eat, you know, what nutrient-dense, organic, gourmet foods, right? And powerful nutritional supplements and, you know, train smart and, you know, be able to do some consistent cardio. And you do all that, well, damn, you should be expecting results every week. Yeah. So, so let me ask let me ask you guys this. Even though you've been lifting forever, right? Is there something that you would see, or, or a person that you would see lift, or hear them speak, or something that you? It's not so much motivation as just getting you fired up. Like, man, I now I want to go to the gym right now. Is there is there an instance, or is there something you guys use for that? Yeah, J- JP. Well, I'll give you an example. I mean, I haven't done this in a while, but I'll tell you, we used to uh, watch Pumping Iron before every yeah. training session. I mean, that would get us fired up, yeah. you know, uh, Arnold and Franco and, and Ed Corney and all those guys doing squats and doing curls yeah. in there screaming and yelling and getting ready for the, the big show, Mr. Olympia. And that would get us fired up because we were just like, man, those guys are – you know, the best of the best at that time. And they were fired up. They were young. They were training hard. Uh, you know, the right music has always got me fired up. I mean, I'll be on the freeway and this kick-ass song. I like 80s music. I'm from mm-hmm. that era. So something will come on, that hard rock will come on. And, man, it'll make me want to work out. It's like, oh, man, I just wish I, wish I was in the gym so I could, you know, go bust out some squats or something. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, that Marty just touched on rest. I think, you know, if you've been working out for, for months on end, take a week off. Take a week off to rest. Rest your mind. Rest your physical body. And it'll let everything heal up and just go about your business. Spend more time with your kids or whatever that week. And uh, and come back. By the end of the week, man, you're you're fired up and ready to go. And you'll, you'll go in on Monday and just kick ass. You'll get a hell of a pump. You'll be re-energized. So that's a couple of my things. Mm-hmm. Marty? No, what? You, Jim? What do you mean, Marty? You. I was saying, you guys. Do you guys? Is there something that you've used recently? Is there something that you could see that sort of, like, fires you up? Like, for instance, you know, watch Rocky 1. You're Rocky 1, you want to go out. When I, I, hate, when I, I, saw, I, hated, I hated that movie. Okay, I loved it. When I first saw Rocky 1... I went and got a, like my sister's necklace that had a cross on it because it was around the cross. I got some old sweatpants, my dad's or something, started jogging around the house. I was know. the same way, man. I got fired oh, up from that, too. Because we were nine. I was nine. Too. Yeah, you were nine. I saw that in a drive-in. And Marty was, was 52. I was 27, and, oh. you know, we were doing cocaine listening to Root Boy Slim. It's, uh, it was a different, different vibe. Anyway. What were you talking about? 
results. Oh, Marty's experiences are always just a little bit different than ours. So when you oh, when God. you were a kid and you saw ben, uh, who was that great lifter Bednarski? When you saw those oh, guys, I saw, you, I saw Paul Anderson. Paul Anderson did, did that's something that made such an uh, impact on you that I was sixteen well, years old. How old? Sixteen. Yeah. I hitchhiked to the Silver Spring Boys Club, right? And he, he showed up, and oh, God, I don't know. Uh, so he came out, and uh, my height, 5'10", but 360. Wow. But he's, like, weirdly athletic, right? And so for the press, he had on combat boots, and he was just like him out. It was just another whistle stop for him. I think it was Silver Spring tonight, Philly tomorrow night. The night after that, New York City. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was doing like a four-night-a-week tour for six weeks, and this is right. just another night. So he showed up, and uh, if the place is packed, there it, it was in combination with an Olympic lifting championship. Yeah. And we had good lifters, so it was a good a good day, and he he culminated the night, and he showed up, and he worked up to four four twenty in the press. <laughs> When the world record was four four eighteen, yeah, yeah, and then he squatted and he had this weird curved squat bar with a pad on it, and he worked up to to nine hundred, which is all the weight that we had, and I think he did. I'm going to say four to five reps. Was he deep? Oh yeah, he was he was he was ass on heels. He had the rebound thing. He was like Shane. He was like Shane uh-huh. Manning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Just a powerhouse. He was. And so that that made you want to go to the gym right then. Oh yeah, he was yeah. like everyone there was like fired. They couldn't believe it. You know, nine hundred for five and over the world record in the press. Yeah, ridiculous. And again, it was just all casual. It was just like okay, there you go. Uh, and he talked about God afterwards and. Uh-huh. You know, off he went, and um, it was like, okay, there you go, nine hundred for five. Well, the yeah. Russians, the Russians called him like the crane or something crazy. You know, like they called him the uh, uh, Puroti Churdi, the wonder of nature. Uh huh. And at the time, the world when he came along, the world record as a heavyweight in the press was three sixty seven, and he came out and pushed it to four oh two. And it was just like they were; their minds were blown. And he had terrible technique. Oh, really? Well, I know oh, yeah. he, he couldn't rack his cleans, his arms. Yeah, he was just a he was just a brute. Yeah. And he was just like, well, whatever. Uh, we don't care about your goddamn technique. Here you go. <laughs> Strength. And you know, they were like, and they were like, oh my god. And at the time, the prevailing wisdom was you just did the three lifts, and by uh-huh. doing the three lifts, you got technically better and better and better. And anything else was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Anderson was like, well, I'm going to get really strong in these squats and these bench presses, and then I'm going to try them, their Olympic lifts. Mm-hmm. And he just powered them up because yeah. he was just so much damn stronger. And his technique was terrible. Yeah. His snatch was like, oh, God, it was embarrassing. But it was, I don't know, within 20 pounds of the world record. Yeah, just pure strength, man. He was just, yeah, just, oh. just, just a brute. And the Russians were like, whoa. What if we take our incredible technique and then we get really, really strong? And that's when they start. And then along came other stuff. That was the introduction of the performance enhancing drugs, of which they were 
<clears throat> they picked up from the Nazis the Germans' experiment with testosterone, which led into the Soviets in their early 50s and 60s era athletes, and off we went to the races. But yeah, uh, yeah Anderson inspired the hell out of me. You know what I used to watch when I was powerlifting is I used to get those Bulgarian training hall tapes. Oh, yeah. And the reason why it would fire me up is because everything was so nonchalant. Yes. So Randall Strassen would be on there going, okay, this is yeah. the 180-pound lifter. He's yeah. 650 for a double. He's yeah. already cleaned yes. 405 for, you know, yeah. six sets of two or whatever. Yeah. You know, they got broken windows. Yeah. Yes. They have holes yeah. in their shoes. It, it was the abandoned elementary school. Yes. And the coach was sitting in the little – and they all had little desks that had those little elementary school, you know, those writing surfaces on it. The fat yeah. coach sitting there chain smoking cigarettes. And whenever anyone was going to do a world record or better, they yes. held their hand up. Yes. yes. And everyone else would be quiet. And then they'd do their lift and everyone would get back to whatever they were doing. And, you know, I, I use uh, Abigenov, I think his name is, or yeah, Genev, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I use him as an example when I was a butcher. When I was coaching, I'd be like, you see that guy? He doesn't overcoach. <laughs> now, we want to find a, a happy medium between what he's doing and you guys coaching people's freaking warm-ups. You know? We want to just get to where we sort of let kids learn on their own a little bit, and then you then you coach them up. But, uh, yeah, I use that guy all the time. But I, so Randy, I used to- Randy told me a good story one time. He said, yeah, he said, I was over there, and I was taking taking videos. And he said, he said that they were training, and then all of a sudden, everybody kind of, uh, stopped and they all kind of ganged up all the lifters kind of ganged up and the coach is like hey get back to work you guys and and i said what's going on and he said at lunch break at like 12 o'clock every day they that was lunch it was like 12 to 1 was lunch so at lunch break he said he said they all sprinted to the door and they all were like running like crazy asses to the cafeteria and i said, I said what's going on he said Today they have eggs, and we all want to get there before they run out. Wow! <laughs> and this was, the, this was the national Olympic weightlifting <laughs> world champions. Yeah, right. And they said in the in the place that they trained, the temperature was like on average like fifty five degrees. Yeah, yeah. Right. They're all smoking. I, oh yeah. Hey, hey, Marty. Here's something that I bet fired you up. How about James Hollywood Henderson? Um, oh. Like- I like him. He's Talk great. about his shtick, you call it, when he'd be out in the audience and uh, he'd be competing that day. What oh, would he do? Yeah, well, we're going to run out of time here, buddy. How long are we going here? Just real so quick. Oh, it's not too quick. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty lengthy tale. I mean, this is a guy who was, I don't know how big he was, six five, yeah, massive. 380 that he admitted to, probably 400. And just, but he had uh, some sort of a knee injury, so he would only a bench guy. But he benched seven hundred, like I don't know, seventeen times in yeah, competition. More times I don't than anybody. That was an incredible number of times, and he was always very casual about it. He was a bit of a, he called himself Hollywood, mm. and uh, he would sit in the audience and just be shucking and jiving with everybody around him. <laughs> Well, it was part of his thing. He was actually wearing a track suit. And then they'd go, and the next lifter will be James Henderson with 660 pounds. And he'd be like, oh, my God, I had no idea. And he'd stand up in the audience, (laughs) and he'd 
take his tracksuit off and he'd have his lifting suit on underneath and he'd walk up and without a warm up, he'd take six Dixie out of the rack, no handoff and bench it and put it back and get up. And then he'd like take his t-shirt and go, yes, check my bench shirt. Yeah. And, uh, that was his, that was his thing. And he was great at it and everybody expected it. And he was really, really good at it. It was not a problem. Then he'd do 685 and then 705 or 715. And he'd go, thank you very much. And, off he went, but he was great. I mean, he was around for a pretty good length of time too. I think like five, six years at the, at the top, he got into the Christian revival, uh, uh, power team, power team. Yeah. yeah. And which was a good place for him. Uh, he was a sincere guy. I liked him a lot. And he was the, he was the best bencher I ever saw. And he, again, and you got the idea. He never really, maxed out i mean to me he seemed like a 750 guy raw yeah with a pause legitimate uh, but he all and he just kind of cranked out his you know seven seven or five whatever you know whatever the lift was and then off he went but you never got the impression that he was really taxing or really straining none right. of his none of his lifts were barely oh no yeah, he smoked 705 yeah, everything. And that was before yeah. there was a USAPL. That was USPF. You know, that was legit. Yeah. Oh my God, they were so strict. I mean, and, and uh, he would win uh, IPF World Championship too. This bet, technique yeah. was impeccable. And yeah. you know, the IPFs, if you have a any kind, of, I mean, you're the slightest bit slow. You have a, a little bit of unevenness. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah no lift. And under the strictest of conditions, with the longest of pauses, he was there. There's no problem. Really wasn't. He was so casual. There's a there's a bunch of good videos of him on YouTube. I don't know yeah, if there's any videos of him doing 700. There might be, um, but the videos I've seen of him, he's at the gym and he's, he's yeah. he goes up into the sixes, I think. But yeah, yeah, I mean he's he's a little past his prime when you're looking at him. Yeah, but he was always very against gear. Yeah. very into being raw, and he just was. Uh, well, if you weigh 400 pounds, you can be. Yeah. You know, that helps. Right. But yeah. watching that, I mean, did did that do anything? Did that get you fired up? I mean, that was a hell of a feat, that guy just running out of the audience to No, yeah, I'm not a bench guy. Yeah, but seeing Kirk, so when I first yeah, lived and watching Kirk's go. videos, besides me just trying to model myself my technique after him, um, I'm a huge believer in modeling. If you don't know what the hell to do, find the best person there is and model yourself after them. Uh yeah. He was a god, and I like that. I like how fired up he got because I'd been lifting with some, you know, sort of by myself and all that. And I was like, "Oh yeah, man, you know that that's that's the way I feel." That kind of thing. You know what? You're right. We've posted. He sent me a bunch of a bunch of his uh, raw VHS tapes over uh, over the past year. And what we've done is we've put them in a digital format. We put them on YouTube. And this was a lot of stuff that nobody's ever seen before. But I mean, he's got some some deadlifts. Well, that one, uh, I forget what year it's from, nineteen ninety four. He is just looking at his peak. I mean, he is. He takes. I think it was eight ten. Uh, he does it for two reps on the deadlift. But he is looking so physically incredible and muscular and. And as fired up as he gets, I mean, on the second one, he just slams that thing down. He's screaming and yelling. 
you want to get motivated, watch some stuff like that. He's got a bunch of other good videos too. I used to have uh, Marty took this picture of Kirk doing sh- uh, grip shrugs or Kirk's <sighs> yeah, yeah. And I've had I've had that in my office. I've had that behind the squat rack. Yeah. I've had that. You know, I've had that picture everywhere, man. That one's that's all over the place. That's when he went down to he went down to two forty two. Yeah, and he looked crazy. Marty, what were you uh, taking yeah. that picture for? Well, it was in powerlifting USA. What do you mean? What do you mean? What am I taking the picture for? No, you know, for who? Powerlifting USA. I was just taking pictures. I was just. He was looking good. I had my yeah. camera. I took the picture. Yeah, but you used that in an article about when yeah. he was doing. Oh, everybody wanted that picture. Trust yeah, me. that's a great picture, man. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and I was thinking. I used to look at Artie Zeller's pictures too. Those old black and whites. Listen, I saw I saw that stuff every day. Gold's gym, and I thought and that would. You understand? Be I mean, I was hanging out. I mean, if, the, you go back to Chalets, and that was uh, that was the uh, Star Wars bar scene. Wait, what do you mean? Freak human bodies. Oh yeah, yeah. At, at Chalets, oh my God, they, it, that was a magnet for for physical freaks, and yeah. you would see giants coming in just right and left and it was like hey no big deal and after a while you got used to it then we moved on to maryland athletic club and you know i'm just those photos that i took those were just another day at the office for me yeah that was just shit i saw all the time i'm just giving the rest of the world a little glimpse as to what you know it was just happening the best the best of all time was happening in my presence in fact i was uh, largely responsible for it, mm-hmm. right? God. And it was unfolding. What right? I could have done seeing it, that. He was the greatest squatter in the history of powerlifting. I wasn't around any of that stuff coming up, man. I was isolated. Most, most, most humans are not. Yeah. Great motivation, though. Man, you must have been yeah. fired up. I'll still, you know, I'll, I'll still I, was, I was creating it. I wasn't fired up by it. You were in it too far to, yeah. You didn't need to be fired up. I was, fired up I, was, I was an architect. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. If you can say so. I'm not getting inspired by it. I'm creating it. Yeah. So yeah. you got inspired by Paul Anderson. You yeah. got inspired by people yeah. when you were coming up. Yeah. And then Cassidy, right? Yeah. I still and put I'm on videos. Quite, I like great lifters of the time. Mickey Collins, Don Mills. I mean, I was in a hotbed of, Don Mills, yeah. of lifting uh, incredible lifters. And it just geographically, I just happened to be in a, in a hotbed of Olympic lifting, powerlifting activity. And I got pulled into it very early because I was good very early. Huh. Got it. Yeah. So results are king when it comes to motivation. Yes. Sign off on that. Without results, what is there? I mean, we don't have anything. Uh, well, we want to be sure to plug our um, upcoming seminar, October 26th. Gators yeah, what Burton, is that? Why don't you explain that Gators real quick? Maryland, right? Squat and deadlift, right, Jim? Yep, squat and deadlift. At, uh... Just like we do for spec ops, this is going to be just bare bones. It's four hours of squat. We'll take you through the five variations. No weight, kettlebell, front squat, high bar back, low bar back, then take a break. Afternoon, we come back with deadlift, five sequential variations again. Uh, we'll get, you know, go through the, 
the five variations of the deadlift. We talk about the interrelationship between the two lifts. Um, what else, Jim? What else? Well, you get lots of the, the big thing is you get hands on, man. It's, it's it's oh, and it's a workshop. Yeah, you guys yeah. will be working. Whoever is attending, you're going to be attended to by you know the world champions and the world record holders and the national champions, and and we explain the lift. Uh, in detail, and then you do the lift, and we help you attain the proper technique. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so Marty, the main is there a, a group of main coaches? Is it three coaches? You, Steele, and Karwaski? Yeah, that's a pretty good start. Of course, my guys. You know, we have my my local guys will be will be filling in. You know, Donnie Berry. Uh, uh, we'll see if Riley's around, you know, all the guys and there'll be plenty of quality, uh, uh, trainers and we're looking to have set up like five or six platforms. Okay. And we, yeah, it'll be a blast. It. Be. Yeah, we take everybody through it. This is what we do when we, yeah. when, we when we teach, uh, our spec ops boys, we, you know, we, we demo first, we explain why we're doing it the way we do it. Then we show you, then we take you through it sequentially. We start with the, you know, the core, you know, ultimately, the core four lifts, squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press. The fifth lift, of course, would be power clean. Then we have the second core out, which would be your, you know, arm work or, or whatever, Romanians, whatever. But initially, this is going to be the first of a sequence of workshops we're going to be putting on in Gaithersburg. It's a very convenient suburb of Washington, D.C. Uh, and again, it, it's, uh, I think, uh, less than a mile off the, the the subway at Gaithersburg Station. So uh, again, we're bringing out the A team, the varsity, and uh, you know we're going to make this the first of uh, you know a series. And you know we're going to have some Iron Company sponsorship, right, JP? Absolutely. I, I'm uh, wondering where people can get more information right now. I, I would imagine you're selling tickets or something. Tickets. I like that idea. What do you think, Jen? Yeah, so so a lot of tickets. Now, who do they call uh, uh, Master Mike? Right? Um, yeah, yeah, guess Krifka, right? We'll figure it. Out. And you know, Stacy will. Uh, we'll post something on, uh, you know, the Iron Company website, right? Yeah. yeah. So everybody, stay tuned on that. This is developing. We'll put uh, more info up ASAP here. And I also, I would just say this: uh, uh, I can kind of, sort of, confirm that you know we're, we're going to try. Uh, we think Zach Evanish might be coming down from New Jersey, so you yeah. know we'll throw him in as an extra added benefit. You know, he okay. can do some, do something for us at the time. Right. So uh, again, and you know, we're we're picking up steam in this thing, and so uh, we want to we want to keep you posted as we get closer to that. Yeah, yep. and, and and just the booklet that they get, you know, Marty wrote, yeah, is worth anything. You know, it's worth a couple hundred dollars to me, man. Just having that booklet is is gold, you know? right? And we're going to make that electronically available. It's a hundred page. Uh, it's the same uh, technical manual that that uh, we use uh, when we're working with uh, you know the uh, the folks that we work with. So again, it's going to be an extra added benefit. Oh right. uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, cool. As you get more information, we'll put it up on social and on the website as well. Uh, in the meantime, check out Marty's weekly column and podcast, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. 
and learn the techniques and tactics proven to build the strongest and most muscular athletes on the planet. Also, pick up a, cop, a copy of uh, Marty's books, Purpose, Purposeful Primitive. Boy, I can't speak today for some reason. Uh, too much, too much caffeine. I think um, strong medicine, and both of those are on Iron Company as well. Speaking of Iron Company, uh, for all your gym equipment and gym flooring needs, check us out. We've got uh, tons of power bars, bumper plates, racks, rubber mats. We've got it all. And finally, Jim Steele articles can be found on our article section along with Marty's. Uh, yep. Also, check out his website, Bass Barbell. Dot com for training, motivation, and programs. Yep. And uh, that's it. Great show on motivation. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Talk next time. Bye.